Welcome to another edition of Time Out Sports, the podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff, and I'm glad to be back at it again for another great episode. Today, we have a few things to discuss, such as the WNBA draft, the NBA playoffs and play-in tournament. Uh, We also have to talk a little bit about some NBA news. And we'll discuss the Women's National Championship game and the Men's National Championship game. So let's get started by talking about the WNBA draft, which took place on Monday, April the 11th. We had the Atlanta Dream take Ryan Howard, guard from Kentucky, with the number one pick. The number two pick in the WNBA draft was Nalisa Smith, a forward from Baylor University. The number three pick in the WNBA draft was Shakira Austin to the Washington Mystics, a forward slash center out of Ole Miss. The number four pick was to the Indiana Fever, Emily Insler, a forward out of Louisville. The number five pick was Nayara Sabali to the New York Liberty, a forward out of Oregon. The number six pick was Lexi Hull, a guard out of Stanford to the Indiana Fever. The number seven pick was Veronica Burton, a guard out of Northwestern to the Dallas Wings. The number eight pick was Maya Holling Shed, a forward out of Colorado to the Las Vegas Aces. The number nine pick was Ray Burrell, a guard out of Tennessee to the Los Angeles Sparks. The number 10 pick was Queen Egbo, a center out of Baylor to the Indiana Fever. The number, the number 11 pick was Kirsten Bell, a guard out of Florida Gulf Coast to the Las Vegas Aces. The number 12 pick was Nia Cloudin, a guard out of Michigan State, to the Connecticut Sun. That will conclude draft uh, round one. For draft two, round two, we had Kayla Porter, a guard out of LSU, to the Las Vegas Aces. For the 14th pick, you had Kristen. Christine Williams, a guard out of UConn to the Washington Mystics. For the 15th pick, you had Nas Hillman, a forward out of Michigan to the Atlanta Dream. For the 16th pick, you had Keanu Smith, a guard out of Louisville to the Los Angeles Sparks. 17th pick, you had Alisa Kunane a center out of NC State to the Seattle Storm. With the 19th pick, I mean with the 18th pick in the WNBA draft, you had Lorella Kubag out of Georgia Tech to the New York Liberty. With the 19th pick in the 2022 draft, you had Olivia Nelson Adada. A forward out of UConn to the Los Angeles Sparks. 
20th, you had Destiny Henderson, a guard out of South Carolina, to the Indiana Fever. The 21st, you had Avina Westbrook, a guard out of UConn, to the Seattle Storm. With the 22nd pick, you had Kayla Jones, a forward out of NC State, to the Minnesota Lynx. With the 23rd pick, you had Asia Shepard, a guard out of Virginia Tech, to the Las Vegas Aces. With the 24th pick, you had Jordan Lewis, a guard out of Baylor, to the Connecticut Sun. That will conclude round two. And for the final round of the 2022 WNBA Draft, you had the Indiana Fever select Amisha Williams-Holiday, a center out of Jackson State. This is a big deal because Aisha became the first HBCU athlete to be drafted by the WNBA since 2022. Excuse me, since 2002. Again, we're now in 2022, and Aisha Holiday became the first WNBA draft pick from an HBCU since 2002. So that's a very big deal. With the 26th pick in the 2022 WNBA draft, you had Maya Dotson, a forward out of Notre Dame, selected by the Phoenix Mercury. With the 27th pick, you had Amy Atwell, a forward out of the University of Hawaii to the Los Angeles Sparks. With the 28th pick, you had Hannah Siobhan, a center out of South Dakota to the Minnesota Lynx. With the 29th pick, you had Sakia Saika Kone, a center Alamali to New York Liberty. With the 30th pick in the draft, you had Jasmine Dickey, a guard out of Delaware to the Dallas Wings. With the 31st pick, you had Jazz Bond, a forward out of North Florida to the Dallas Wings. The 32nd pick, you had Macy Williams, a forward slash center out of IUPUI to the Phoenix Mercury. The 33rd pick, you had Jay Melbourne, a guard out of Australia, selected by the, Phoenix, the Seattle Storm. With the 34th pick, you had Ali Patberg, a guard out of Indiana, selected by the Indiana Fever. With the 35th pick, you had Faustine Afawu, a center out of LSU, selected by the Las Vegas Aces. And with the final pick of the 2022 WNBA Draft, you had Kiara Smith out of Florida, selected by the Connecticut Sun. That will conclude the 2022 WNBA Draft. Reminder. The WMEA season will begin on Friday, May the 6th. So we are just under a month away from the the tip-off of the 2022 WMEA season. It's going to be great. Make sure that you all are following the WMEA Lead Fits page that I've run and created. Uh, The Twitter account is Fits underscore WMEA. Again, Twitter account is Fits underscore WMEA. 
and the Instagram account is WNBA League Fits. So now we will talk a little bit of NBA. Sixers Center, Joel Embiid, officially won the scoring title. For the season, Joel Embiid averaged 30.6 points per game on 49.9% shooting, 37.1% from three. He also kicked in with 11.7 rebounds per game and 4.2 assists per game. He became the first center to win scoring title since Shaq. From a head coaching perspective, the Los Angeles Lakers fired head coach Frank Bogle after the team went 33-49 and 49 this season. Uh, of course, we know that you had, they had a lot of different injuries uh, from Anthony Davis to LeBron James. Uh, to Kendrick Nunn, a free agent that they picked up and they thought would be able to be a key player in the rotation. He never even played a game. So things just didn't pan out for the Lakers this year. Uh, The roster construction was not great, as I don't believe Russell Westbrook is a good fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, You know, we know that shooting is not his strength. And when you have those two guys, you need shooting around them because Anthony Davis has regressed tremendously as a shooter uh, he used to be at you know 32 33 percent three-point shooter which is not great but he is uh okay but he's now regressed I mean he shot about 19 percent from three this season so he's absolutely no threat from beyond beyond the uh, three-point line so again Frank Vogel was fired and let go by the Los Angeles Lakers uh, as the team missed the play-in tournament and the playoffs, of course, there's already been uh, an announcement that uh, there's going to be a lot of different head coaches that they look at, and uh, Martin Jackson is one, uh, Darwin Ham, uh, Nick Nurse, who is the Raptors coach, they, they're interested in. So they're going to have a lot of guys that they are giving a look uh, when it comes to being the next coach. I'm hoping that it's Mark Jackson, of course. I believe that Mark Jackson is one of the best coaches we've had in the game in recent years. I uh, don't really understand why he's not been given another chance uh, since, you know, Hepatitis created a dynasty in Golden State. And so I believe that the, the Los Angeles Lakers should go out to Mark Jackson and give him a shot to help that team, you know, compete for another championship. So for some other NBA news, Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic suffered a left calf strain in the team's final regular season game. It is undetermined whether Doncic will be able to play uh, in the team's game one matchup on Saturday against the Utah Jazz. Of course, that'll be a big blow if he's not able to go. Uh, Luka Doncic is the engine that runs that car. Uh, without him, they do not have a chance to beat the Jazz, in my opinion. So hopefully Luka will be able to suit up game one, and uh, we'll see a competitive series. As far as the play-in schedule, so we know that on Tuesday, uh, April the 12th, which is the day that I am recording this podcast, the play-in, NBA play-in will begin. You have the Cavaliers taking on the Nets at 
7 p.m. Eastern Time on TNT. And at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TNT, the Los Angeles Clippers would take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. For Wednesday's matchups, you have the Charlotte Hornets at the Atlanta Hawks at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. And the San Antonio Spurs at the Pelicans, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So let's talk a little bit about the Cavs and the Nets. Like I said, that will be taking place on Tuesday, uh, tonight, the night that I'm recording this podcast. I'm intrigued by this play-in matchup. We we know that Ben Simmons is not likely to return during the play-in at all. Uh, Now, if they can make it to the playoffs, Ben Simmons may return for the Nets, but uh, your guess is as good as mine. I think the Cavaliers will probably struggle with, you know, the Nets because you have guys like Kyrie and Kevin Durant who can get you 30 to 35 a night. Um, Kevin Durant has increased his potency on the defensive end. Uh, We know that guys like Bruce Brown will play their role for the Nets. Seth Curry will play his role, make shots, uh, and help with the floor spacing. Uh, I'm leaning with the Nets. I think that the Nets just have too much firepower for the Cavaliers, uh, especially considering that Jared Allen is out for the Cavaliers. If you had Jared Allen, who was their center, he would be able to kind of man the paint and, uh, you know, do the dirty work. But with him being out, I think the Nets win. I think if the Cavaliers want to make it con- keep it competitive, they're going to need big games from Karis LeVert. Uh, they're going to need Darius Garland to continue to do what he's been doing for the majority of the season, which is score the ball at a decent to great rate, uh, 25 points a night. They're going to need him to facilitate. They're also going to need guys like Kevin Love. Kevin Love had a phenomenal game over the weekend in just 15 minutes. So they're going to need Kevin Love to be able to come off the bench and give them firepower. Um, Also have Rondo, John Rondo. You're going to need him to come in and give you some leadership and be able to make a few big plays. Uh, If those things can happen, I give the Cavaliers a chance. But I'm going with the the Nets because, like I said, I just think they have too much firepower. And... uh, they know what's at stake, how embarrassing it would be if the Nets didn't make the playoffs at all. That would be very embarrassing. So moving on to the Clippers at the Timberwolves, the second game on Tuesday night. That should be a good game tonight. I think um, the matchup that I'm looking at is actually Zubac versus Carl Anthony Towns. I'm interested in seeing if Zubat will be able to contain Cat a little bit. Uh, you know, he's going to get 20-plus points and probably 10 rebounds, but what you can't happen, you can't allow it to happen if you're the Clippers, is for Cat to get 30 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, we also know that Anthony Edwards is, is one of the best young players we have in the game today, and so I think he'll be gunning. I think he'll go for probably 25. 
Um, and X factor for the Timberwolves is D'Angelo Russell. You know, some games you look at him and he looks like he's a star point guard. In others, he's kind of passive. He's, uh, I don't know, he's just kind of indis- inconsistent. And so I think they're going to need all three of those guys, from Carl Anthony Towns to Anthony Edwards to D'Angelo Russell. I think all three of those guys are going to have to be locked in and uh, play well on both sides of the ball if the Timberwolves want a chance to win. Now, when you're talking about the Clippers, you have one of the best rosters in basketball. I mean, even without Kawhi Leonard on that team, you have depth. You have firepower and Paul George. Paul George is, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest two-way players in the game today and potentially one of the greatest two-way players of all time. He can score at every level. He can get to the rim. You know, he can shoot free throws. He can hit the mid-range. He can shoot the three. He has post-game. Paul George is just a complete player. And um, so by them having him back as he missed a great part of the season, I think Paul George is going to be the difference in this series uh, or in this play-in situation. I'm also looking at guys like Reggie Jackson. Can Reggie Jackson kind of match the firepower of D'Angelo Russell? That'll be something to look at. You also have guys like Marcus Morris. You have guys like Robert Covington. Robert Covington exploded for 40-plus points a couple weeks ago. So I just believe that the Clippers have a little bit too much firepower um, from top to bottom. I think that the Timberwolves have three great players, potentially. Uh, But when you're talking about nine, ten deep, the Clippers have the advantage. I mean, you have guys like Luke Kennard who can come in and get you 15 points. So I think in the end, the Clippers will be too much for the Minnesota Timberwolves. On Wednesday night, we have two matchups. The Hornets at the Hawks. I'm intrigued by this. I think that Trey Young is going to be key for the Hawks. Can he continue to play the efficient basketball that he's been playing? Can he can he continue to get his teammates involved? Uh, from Clint Compella to uh, Bogdanovich to Danilo Gallinari, uh, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter. That's going to be the key. Can those guys chip in and help Trey Young out? I think the X factor in this series is Danilo Gallinari. When the Hawks play well, Danilo Gallinari plays well. He gives them a scoring threat. He gives them a rebound presence. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll be able to do and if he can, you know, kind of be that X factor for the Hawks. On the Hornets front, we know LaMelo Ball is a great young player. Um, he's he's able to do it all from shoot to three to um, layups to the free throw line, all of the above he can do it. And the thing about LaMelo Ball was when he came into the league, there was a question mark on his three-point shooting. We didn't necessarily know if LaMelo was a competent three-point shooter, but he's quickly shown that he's capable and can very much so get hot. And so it's going to be uh, interesting what LaMelo was able to do. 
But you also have guys like Terry Rozier who can fill it up. Terry Rozier is capable of getting 25 points. They have a guy in my Miles Bridges who has had a great year. Uh, he's able to get you 20 points and 10 rebounds. I think the thing to watch for, though, is also going to be Clint Capella versus Mason Plumlee. Can Mason Plumlee kind of compete with Clint, Clint Capella on the defensive glass, on the rebounds? Uh, because Clint Capella is one of the better rebounding centers in the game. And so what you can't happen, what you can't allow to happen if you're the Hornets is uh, Clint Capella provide a lot of second-chance opportunities for the Hawks. So Mason Plumlee is going to have to be able to compete with him and uh, keep it close on the glass. They also, if you're the Hornets, you have Isaiah Thomas, who has, has playoff experience. Uh, he knows what this is about. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what he's going to be able to bring to the table. Can he give them 8 to 10 points a night and, and give you those minutes while you're without uh, while you're without LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier? So it's a lot of different things to look at in that uh, play-in situation. Um, but if I had to give my prediction on who wins, um, I'm leaning Hawks. I'm leaning Hawks. But it could go either way. And for the final game of this play-in on Wednesday night, you have the Spurs at the Pelicans. Uh, DeJounte Murray, Spurs point guard, is a phenomenal young player. Uh, he's a complete player. He can defend. He can shoot it. He can uh, facilitate it, rebound. DeJounte Murray has a trajectory to be a very, very good player. Uh, now, he's only been back about a week because he had an unknown illness that cost him about 10 pounds. So I don't know if he's back to his normal self. Uh, the Spurs will need him to be if they're going to beat the Pelicans. You also have Jacob Poto for the Spurs, who is a, is a solid center. Um, he's capable of giving you 15 to 15. And he's also an underrated passer, in my opinion. Keldon Johnson for the Spurs is a great uh, young talent. What will he be able to do? That's going to be interesting to see. Flipping it over to the Pelicans, you have C.J. McCollum. You have Brandon Ingram. You know, that's firepower. Both of those guys can go for 30. You have a young player in Jackson Hayes who is solid. You have a, young, uh, a pretty good center in Jonas Valanciunas, who we know is a offensive threat, but he's a rebounding machine. Jonas Valanciunas can get you multiple second chance opportunities and that's what you need sometimes so i think that this play in uh, matchup will be very competitive i think it'll be close games uh if i had to pick i would actually lean with the pelicans i just think that uh brandon ingram will be the difference i think that his ability to not only score the ball, but to defend and to facilitate, I think that'll be the difference. Now we're going to transition and talk the national championship games, the men and the women. On last Monday, 
Last week, you had South Carolina defeat Connecticut by a score of 64-49. to So Coach Don Staley got a national championship. Um, great coach, I believe. I believe that Don Coach Staley is a legend um, from not just her time as an athlete herself, but what she's doing with that university, with that program is amazing. Uh, so I was glad to see they were able to win. Uh, Aaliyah Boston is special. Uh, their center, when she comes out next year, I don't believe there's no doubt that she'll be the number one pick. Uh, we also had Destiny Henderson, who was on that team and was drafted last night in the WNBA draft. So in the end, South Carolina won the championship, deservingly so. I thought that they came out hot. I thought that they came out fired up, um, and they made things very uncomfortable for the Connecticut uh, team. For the men's national championship, on last Monday, the number one seed Kansas Jayhawks defeated the number eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels by a score of 72 to 69. UNC led this game by 15 at the half. And they also out-rebounded Kansas 55-35. to So if you look at those numbers, you would assume that they would have won the game. But they did not because their big three, Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, and Caleb Love, had an awful shooting night as they combined to go 13-54 from the floor, which is good for 24%. And they shot a grand total of 1-13 of from three. So, with that being said, the Kansas Jayhawks completed the biggest comeback in national championship history, and they are the 2022 uh, national champions. Now, we implemented a new segment to the podcast a few weeks ago, and that segment is called Ruff's Rant. This week's rant is going to be about the NBA officiating. I believe that the officiating is so inconsistent. Uh, when you talk about LeBron James, who is a guy that attacks the rim at a high level, uh, he's getting, you know, hacked. He's getting hacked. He's getting hit in the head, hit in the face, hit in the uh, pull down in the shoulder area. So much happens to him, and he's not getting the free throws. Uh, and the calls that other guys like Joel Embiid is getting, like James Harden gets, uh, Trey Young gets. Luka Doncic. So I believe that the NBA officiating needs to improve. They need to be more consistent in their calls. Uh, it seems as if they give LeBron the shat treatment. I know that LeBron is strong. I know that he is a freak of nature. But you should not be calling fouls based on a person's physique. You should call fouls on the merit of whether it's a foul or not. That's my opinion on it. Uh, I believe that the technical foul calls are sometimes very unwarranted. If you're officiating and you make a bad call and the person can show you that you made a bad call, you should not call it technical. But what happens is a lot of times these referees miss calls and a player is upset about it. And as soon as they uh, voice their opinion or voice their uh, displeasure, they're thrown a technical. That's a problem for me. Flagrant foul calls are so inconsistent. Uh, for some guys, it's like his reputation. If you have a reputation of kind of being dirty, they'll call a flagrant on you quickly. If you don't, 
and you get more leeway. I just believe that the NBA officiate needs to be more consistent uh, and it needs to improve. Again, before we end this podcast, please make sure to follow uh, the social media accounts. Timeout Sports Twitter account is Timeout Sports 3. Timeout Sports 3 and Sports is all caps. The Instagram is Timeout Sports with two underscores. And make sure to also follow the WNBA League Fits page. Uh, Twitter is Fits underscore WNBA. And Instagram is WNBA League Fits. Now, before we wrap this show, we're going to be ending this with a tribute. I want to give a tribute to former Ohio State quarterback, former Washington uh, football team quarterback, and Steelers quarterback, Dwayne Haskins Jr. Dwayne Haskins Jr. was born on May the 3rd, 1997. And he passed away on April the 9th, 2022. Haskins was fatally struck by a vehicle on this weekend and led to his passing. So I would like to just give a tribute to Dwayne. I would like to send my prayers and my thoughts and condolences to his family, to his friends. Uh, We know that death is hard. But it is something that we must get through. Uh, uh, It is my prayer that the family will be loved on, will be comforted, and uh, able to fight another day. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins Jr.